0: Hello, and welcome to Open Arms Online. I'm married to Elizabeth, and over the last 30 years, we've done quite a lot of traveling. Now, I'm talking about past tense, ever before COVID happened, because no one has been traveling since that. But we love to travel to uh, new destinations, meet new people. And we love being at airports, even if there's a holdup, because we can sip good coffee and watch people meander back and forth. But can I tell you, it was not always like that for us. I used to hate, that word hate, I used to hate going to the airport. So many years ago, we used to do a package holiday. So you booked yourself for 14 nights, usually somewhere in Spain or Europe. And we used to come along to the airport and listen to what we had. Elizabeth would have 14 outfits for the morning, 14 outfits for the afternoon, and 14 outfits for going out in the evening. Now she really curtailed herself when it came to shoes. She only brought 28 pairs of shoes. Then we had all the jewelry and all the add-ons and the creams. But, so imagine we were carrying these cases, and each case was at least 25 kg each, no restriction, no right, before Ryanair was ever invented. But alongside that, we had a knapsack and a carry-on bag. And in the carry-on bag, we had, again, all the additional stuff. We would bring tater crisps, Carry uh, gold butter, rashers and sausages wrapped up in tin foil. So, so I would arrive to the check-in desk with all the luggage, the sweat running down the back of my legs, and I was so delighted to hand over all of my luggage to the airport. It was such a delight. So today we're starting a three-week series titled "Baggage," and the message today is called "Checked-In Baggage." You know, spiritually, we all have baggage, but God wants us to check our baggage into him, to bring our baggage and allow him to take it off our backs. God went to the cross to pay for our sins, to pay for our baggage. He came that we might have freedom. So, what are the kind of things that we carry around with us? Number one is unfulfilled expectations. You could say this is the baggage of disappointment. It can often lead to frustration. And and as a a counselor and a study of mankind, I know that frustration can lead to anger, and then anger eventually will lead to revenge. Proverbs 3.12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Proverbs 13.12 says, unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick. What a lovely way of describing the emotion condition. My heart is sick. Imagine if we were to be honest, and we could say, and someone says, "How are you doing?" You could say, "My heart is sick." A second thing that we carry around is untreated pain, pretending to be okay. We say, to, "You know, it's not a big deal. Ask ah, sure, it's be grand," but inside you're broken-hearted. Inside you're you're really in pain and in bits. Jeremiah six fourteen says to dress the wounds of my people as though it were not serious peace peace they say when there is no peace and this is very common to us mere human beings but i would say it's especially common to christians we ask someone how are you doing and you can say oh no god is good he's doing the good work in me or sometimes people say to me well praise god is on the throne anyway but then if you dig a bit deeper and you say, well, now tell me, how are you really doing? We discover pain. And, and we must give people permission to be human. We must give ourselves permission to be human. It's okay to be broken-hearted. It's okay to be disappointed. It's okay to be feeling rejected. We don't need to, to run away from people's pain because somehow we see the reflection of ourselves in them, or sometimes it reminds us of our own pain. We must have time and space for ourselves and for others. You know, there's one who can restore our broken hearts. There's one who can heal our disappointment. There's one who can heal the pain that's within our heart. So I would encourage you to sit with someone. And those of us who do sit for a cup of coffee, a tea, a chat, Allow them to express the pain without throwing a scripture at them or without, you know, give them an, a one-off answer or judging them. Just allow them to express what's happening in their lives. The third baggage that we call is unresolved yesterdays, not dealing with the issues quickly. We pull it off. I'll leave it till next week. Sure, it's not that important anyway. It'll be grand. Great Irish expression. It'll be grand but you continue to, to carry that baggage. Ephesians 2.26 says this, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Now, this is really important. You know, we, oftentimes we, we give this in the context of, of marriage, but it's, it's not in the marriage context. It's in the context of relationship, one with another. It's about all relationships. And, and the question is, Has the devil got a stronghold in our lives? Has the devil got a stronghold and allow us to have pain that we don't deal with? Allow us to have hurt and rejection and broken relationships that we carry through the years and builds layer upon layer upon layer. You know, in pastoral care, in the counseling room, we come across so many broken people with unresolved issues. And again, some people would say, well, it's really not that important in the light of eternity. Others people say, well, yeah, but that one is, that will be covered by the grace of God. And then other people just say, hey, I'm just going to get over it. I'm a big boy. I'm a big girl. I'm just going to get over this kind of thing. Some people actually feel guilty for feeling guilty. (laughs) They, they, They feel guilty because they have normal human feelings. It's as if we should no longer have negative emotions, or indeed any kind of emotion, because jesus died he forgave us and so we think it's over it's done we'll just leave all that stuff in the past but i want to tell you we are body soul and spirit and that's how god created us to be we didn't discover this the devil didn't discover it. god made us body soul and spirit that's who we are our heavenly father gave us emotions for our benefit but also he gave us emotions that he could bring change in our lives he brought emotions that he could direct our lives. If you feel rejected, then you are. If you feel sad or disappointed, you are. It's okay, because we have a solution. You see, this, if I was here saying, well, it's okay to fall apart, and uh, well, but nothing can do about it, get over it. That would be sad. But the thing is, it's okay to have all of these emotions because we have the solution. We have biblical tools to help us move forward and deal with unresolved issues, unresolved relationships. You know, just this week, I, I had to sit with myself. I used the expression, P.J., you've got to sit with yourself and with God. You've you, you got to come before this because I had to deal with a relationship where I was feeling frustrated. And I know me. My, my frustration, like everybody else's, will eventually turn to anger. And, and, and that will either go internally or externally, but it will lead to anger. And a, a, an anger eventually will want to work its way out through revenge, payback, get even. That, that's, that's what happens. us. And so after 30 years of walking with the Lord, 30 years of biblical study, 25 years of studying biblical psychology, I still, as P.J. Booth, as the pastor of Open Arms Church, along with Sean, as my lead pastor, I need to sit and resolve my relationships. I am a human being. I'm not just a spiritual. I'm a human being living with humanity, loved by Jesus, filled with the Spirit of God, and I still get hurt, rejected, disappointment, uh, fearful, sad, mad, glad, and all the other emotions every single one of them. The only difference is as a male, I don't know them all. (laughs) Sometimes I just have them in big boxes, but they're there and I feel them and sense them. So I would say to you, please, please do not let the sun go down without resolving some of those issues. Number four, what's the baggage of an unhealthy view of self? If your only view of self comes from self, your view will be unhealthy and distorted. So important. Romans 12, 3 from the message says this. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. Let me read. This this should be a a scripture that brings revelation to us. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is. Okay, so who is God to you? Who is he? Who is he according to Genesis to Revelation? And by what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. When we realize who God is and what this God has done, right? When we think of the cross, when we think of salvation, cleansing, the, the fulfillment of the Holy Spirit, a plan and a purpose for our lives, then we can have an accurate view and an accurate description of who I really am. So that's something we have to keep studying and keep going on. And the fifth baggage is, I could go on all day, but we're gonna finish with the baggage here. The fifth one is unrepented sin. Now the key here is unrepented sin, not not confess sin. We can confess our sin, but repentance means something different. Repentance means turning away from our sin. You know, we can say, Lord, forgive me of my drunkenness as I guzzle down the 14 pint. We can do that. Lord, forgive my drug addiction as I light up another joint. Lord, forgive my addiction to pornography as I watch it here online. Lord, forgive my obesity as I eat my third Big Mac. We we are forgiven, but we will never truly walk in freedom— if we continue in the old behaviors as we were. Again, Psalm 32 says, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. And in the Psalm of my Bible, the NIV, it says, Selah, S-E-L-A-H, which means stop, think on this, meditate on this. What's God saying to us through that? So now we go to checked baggage. What's the solution for all of these unchecked baggages? How do you check in those bags and walk a life of freedom? Second Corinthians 10.3 says this, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So we use biblical, spiritual solutions And Paul says, we have divine power to demolish these strongholds. This is the, you know, the biblical word for for baggage is stronghold. it's, It's a Greek word, and it means a prisoner locked by deception. Locked away by deception. Our baggage is not based on reality, mostly it's based on a lie. We are prisoners held by deception, held by a lie. The lie of the enemy, the lie that we tell ourselves, the lie that the world keeps repeating. And we have to have a solution. So, what's that solution? The solution is the truth. The truth is our solution. And over the next three weeks, we want to speak truth into your life. We want a a royal exchange, the truth for the lie. That's what we want to do. We, We want to take this lie out. We want to replace it with the truth of God. Second of the Corinthians 10.5 says this, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the kingdom of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I, I love the message version, how it says this, we use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience and maturity. So the goal, the goal is what? Obedience and maturity. Perhaps one of the greatest challenging scriptures in this season. I, I, I find it challenging I find it revealing, but very, very thought-provoking. These tools are for what? Are smashing, tearing down, challenging every loose thought, challenging every emotion and every impulse in our lives and clearing the ground of every obstruction that gets in the way to bring obedience and maturity. Wow. This sounds like hard work, and it sounds like a painful time, and it is. Jesus has set us free, but now we have to walk in that freedom. So how how does this happen? How do we go about this? Romans 12, 2 says this, Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of our mind. The battle is in our mind. Your battle today is in your mind. So therefore, we must transform our minds our thinking, our thought patterns, our God view, our self-view, our worldview, and indeed our view of Satan himself, and realize that we are created by the only God of heaven and earth who created all things, who created me and you, and has got a plan and a purpose for our life. And he can sustain us, he can keep us, he can bring us to that day of salvation. Ephesians 2.22 says this, "'You were thought with regard to your former way of life, To put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. You hear all these, see what's happening. The attitude, everything comes back to our mind. Again, let me read it from um, the message version. Since then, we do not have the excuse of ignorance. Well, no, we have the information. We, We have God's word. We have what he said to us. Everything, and I do mean everything, Paul says, connected with that old way of life has to go, is rotten through and through. Get rid of it. Paul, tell us what you're really thinking. Come on. He says, get rid of it, and then take on an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside and working yourself into the conduct as God accurately reproduces his character in us. So we've got we to gotta change. I, I'm not the old guy I was. I've been born again by the Spirit of God, but I have to change my thinking, my behavior, my attitudes. I've to got to tear them up and tear them out and allow that new creation of God to emerge. John 8, 32, such an important scripture. Let, let me read it incorrectly to you first. The truth of God will set you free. Is that what the Bible says? It says this, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Then you will know, we have to have knowledge of the truth. We gotta come along and not just read the scripture and declare it. We gotta know what does this mean? How does it apply to my life? And it's the knowledge of the truth that will set you free. The Amplified said, if the Son liberates you, makes you free men, then you are really and unquestionably free. And that's what God wants for us. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. His word is truth. When you get his truth into your lives, we will have true freedom and liberty. But let me tell you something. Unfortunately, there's a price tag. It's easy to say, get the truth into ourselves accept the truth, and the truth will set us free. But that means we must come face to face with ourselves. We must come face to face with the lie that we've been living. And all of us, to one degree or another, are living some kind of a lie. There's very few people on this earth who are truly, truly honest with themselves according to the Word of God. This lie that we've lived with, you know, for me, it's 63 years. 30 years of walking as a Christian, I realize that's not how you live out the truth. That's part of the lie. It's part of the lie of my past, part of the lie of my past education, of my past peers, of my past relationships, of my past thoughts and attitudes about myself, about the past that the enemy sold into my life. It's, it's living out. It's not, it's not living out the total truth. It's living out part of the lie. And and so, people said, P.J., are you telling me that we live part of a lie? Yes, we do. We sure do. It says that our old way of life is rotten through and through. We must face up to the fact that we not only lie to others, but we lie to ourselves and the damage that the enemy and ourselves has wrought in our lives. So, we must come face to face with truth we have to come face to face. And most of us are not always willing to go through that process because it's painful. It's a painful process to go through truth. But I want to encourage you, the doubt may be painful, the benefits are wonderful. The benefits are really, really wonderful. The benefit is true freedom. You know, when we come along and say, How are you doing? Oh, I'm great. God is wonderful. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. It's a lie. We have to stop this rubbish. We have to start getting people around us who don't judge us and we don't judge them and say, Hey, I'm having a rotten day. It's horrible. Horrible. I feel awful. I'm not living the way life, the life that Christ has for me. I'm living a lie. And when the world looks at us, we have to question do, we, do they see the truth we're living out or do they see the lie that we're living out and i tell you i've not come across stupid people not in this nation anyway i've done many stupid things and i've come across people who have done stupid things but not stupid people they catch on really really quickly so the only person we're lying to is ourselves he knows everything he needs the thoughts that are on our mind. He, he knows the words before we speak them out. He knows everything that's going on. So I want to leave you today with three truths to help you on the journey of discovering the real truth of your life. Number one, God still loves me. God is not mad at me. God is mad about me. We, we have to keep coming back to that. God knew how despicable we were and yet he came and he died for us. God knew how opposed and self-centered and selfish we were, and yet he came and died for us. Because he loves us and he's got a plan and a purpose for our lives. John three, sixteen. Study these scriptures. This is how much God loved us. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why. So that no one need be destroyed. By believing in Him, anyone who can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending His Son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help, folks. He came to restore. He didn't come to judge us. We are already judged. He came to give us freedom, and liberty, and love and acceptance. That's why he came. The second point on this is, God can free me. Many of us have bought into the lie that I cannot really become what God has called me to be. Perhaps some of us would say, it's too late. I've tried, but it's too hard. Many of us said, but I've sinned too much. I've, I've either sinned too much before or, or now because I'm a Christian, I've sinned after becoming a Christian. And surely I should know better. Surely this is on me. Romans 8.1, again from the message, says this. With the arrival of Jesus the Messiah, that faithful dilemma is resolved. Those who enter into Christ being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous, low-lying black cloud a new power is in operation the spirit of life in christ like a strong wind has magnificently cleared the air feeling and freeing you from a fated lifetime of brutal tyranny in the hands of sin and death so what has he done he's come to set us free he doesn't have a finger pointed at us his arms outstretched to us open arms to us, and he embraces us and welcomes us in the middle of it. And thirdly, God will restore me. Psalm 79 20 says, though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. So, right now, our Father, our Abba Father, the lover of our souls, the one who created us, the one who's got a plan and a purpose, the one who took our sins upon the cross of Calvary, he says, start again. Dive into my truth. Be strong, be brave, be courageous, and step in and allow me to bring freedom and allow me to bring liberty into your life. Allow me to help you live out the truth and not the lie. Allow me to fill you again with my Holy Spirit. Allow me again to remind you that you are my child. You are a child of God. And my truth brings freedom. My truth brings liberty. Guys, I want to encourage you. Over the next three weeks, keep checking in that baggage. Keep coming back to the truth. Stop living the lie. Stop pretending and start allowing the Spirit of God to bring liberty. Let me finish with this scripture. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. This is the promise of God. Jesus says these words. He says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Are you weary and burdened today? Because this is the promise. He says, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I used to go to the counter, the sweat running down the back of my legs, my muscles sore, hanging out with the Kerrygold butter and the rashers and the sausages, and I handed over. To disturb us, what a relief! The weight lifted off me. Jesus said, "My yoke is easy, my burden is light." Hand him your baggage today, and Lord, Lord, we come to you, Lord. Those gatherers of the congregation, those sitting at home in their sitting room, the living room, sitting in bed, or even in a car, listening to your word today. Father, I pray that you would allow us, give us, Lord, the courage to hand over our baggage. Give us the courage to exchange, Lord, your truth for the lie that we live. Lord, would you allow us to truly love you, but also to accept your love and your freedom in Jesus' name. So if you're listening to my voice today, and if you've never asked Christ to be Lord of your life, I want to give you the opportunity. Paul writes this in the book of Romans. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So if you want to just bow your head and prayer, this prayer with me, please. Lord Jesus, I have baggage in my life. Some are so painful and I feel trapped. I ask you to forgive me, to cleanse me, and set me free. Lord, please take my heavy baggage and give me your freedom. I declare the lordship of Jesus over my life, past, present, and future. I believe you died on the cross for my freedom, that you were raised on the third day. And I accept your forgiveness in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, if you've said that prayer for the first time, or perhaps you're making a recommitment, if you go to our website, openarms.ie forward slash connect, and you just tick the card, I'm committing my life to Christ, we want to help you take the next step in this wonderful journey. God bless you. Have a great day.